Last week I started a series, actually not a series, but I started a, a sermon that has three parts to it in our series, Ready, Set, Go. And so last week we said, Ready, Set, Go, let's send out deeper roots. And so deeper roots part one, I introduced you to the six big, the big six, the six big ideas that drive our church that help us understand what it looks like to be a church who is experiencing the transforming love of Jesus, who is creating space for new believers and followers of Jesus to grow. We talked about the fact that John 1 is so important to us, and, and so I read through that last week, and, and uh, I've got it all on a set of slides behind me, and I'm not going to read through that for the sake of the time I took to do something else, or we'll be here for a while. But the important thing is simply this, that John 1.14 in the message Eugene Peterson says this, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Our leadership team has been absolutely captured by that verse for about three years now as we launched into our Build Together campaign, which is about to be, uh, see, we'll see the fruits of our investment and our labor in the completion of the new building. And Kurt said, absolutely, it's true. It's just a building. It's just walls. It's just it's just stone, it's just sheetrock, it's just paint, it's just steel, it's just stuff until you show up, until we show up, until God uses us to be a light and a beacon of hope in this community for the sake of his great name and for our good and through us for the good of others. But as we looked at John 1, 14, moving into the neighborhood up close and personal is meaningful to us. Relationships are really important to us here at the Vineyard, so much so that the very first thing we say about who we are in the Big Six is that we want to create space for the Vineyard Church to be a place that's a healing place. It's the place where the reckless love of God is poured out to us in ways that we do not deserve and we cannot earn. We understand that God loves us more than we could ever imagine, and he will not love us less than he already does. Just let that sink into you. Like, if you've ever felt unlovable, God loves you just as you are. He loves you more than you could ever imagine, and he will not love you less than he already does. And you just need to just let that pour over you again and again and again to experience his wonderful big, wide-open arms of invitation that say, you are welcome here. The Vineyard, we just simply believe that we are a church that is a healing place, and that healing place is simply about experiencing, as I talked about last week, experiencing freedom from the weights we put on ourselves, the weights of the oughts and the shoulds, 
that we put on ourselves so that we think if we'll just become better people, then we'll be better people. And that's a real problem because being better people is really difficult unless we're being transformed from the inside out, which is experiencing the love of Jesus. Not only do we put weights on ourselves, but others want to put weights on us as well. You know, people like me, a religious know-it-all, a professional follower of Jesus. You know, I, I know sometimes I inadvertently put stuff on you that I never intend to put on you, and so be free in Jesus' name. Because the love of Jesus that transforms us from the inside out not only releases us from our own expectations, it releases us from the expectations that others put on us that aren't designed for us nor determined for our health and well-being. So be free in Jesus' name. We're called to be a healing place. We're called to be a church that's a church, planting church. And my, 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 don't we have a wonderful surprise today. Like I planned this. Ken and Jody Hanning, the Hanning family, are here. Uh, our church planters that we sent out, oh, so many years ago when you were just babies. We sent them out to plant a church in Galveston, and they've done that. And from Galveston, God's called them to Vineyard Ireland uh, Mission. And, uh, and so they've spent the last three years in Dublin, Ireland, working and planting churches there. They've come back home, and they're continuing to plan and dream about planting and multiplying churches in Europe and uh, get to know them and say hello to them. But as I'm thinking about it, God, God called us to be a church planting church, and here they are, the one and only. <laughs> to some famous and to some infamous. Ken Hanning. No, don't, nobody else is included in that, in, in that introduction. It's ju just Ken, just Ken. The rest of them are sweet, wonderful, kind, loving people. No. Now, Ken, Ken's a good guy. So, you know, we, we talk about being a, a healing place. We talk about being a church planting church. We talk about being a church that shares our resources with others. We talk about being a church that, uh, in fact, uh, not just help share our resources with others, but uh, we, we talk about being a church that's generous. We talk about a church that's uh, helping people find their place. And so uh, we talk about being a church that blesses and doesn't curse. We talk about a church that never checks the box done. And so in uh, my time that's remaining today, you can see in your listening sheet, I've highlighted the two that we covered last week. We're going to spend a little bit of time on the two that I want to introduce you today in which is sharing our resources with others and also um, <clears throat> helping people find their place. And so when we talk about sending out deeper roots, the thing that we understand is that deeper roots are established in us and through us as individuals and as a community as we fulfill our calling, as we fulfill our calling, our God purpose. You see, I don't want you to be less of who God's made you to be. I want you to be more of who God's made you to be. I don't want you to be someone else. I need you to be you. And let me just say it differently. I don't need you to be anything. But God invites you to more fully experience the person that he has created you to be. You ever thought about some of the longings you have, some of the desires you have, some of the things that bring you great joy? I would suggest to you simply 
that the longings, desires, and the things that bring you great joy are the very things that God has placed within you, his purposes for his glory, your good, and through you for the good of others. So as we talk about becoming those kind of people, then we want to be those who are sending out deeper roots because we are experiencing the fulfillment of the purposes for which we were created. And so today, we want to talk about two things that we think we were created for. And that is, we know that we were created here at the Vineyard Church Pearland. We were created to share our resources with others. We just believe that to be true. And one of the things that informs us about sharing our resources with others is uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I just uh, extracted one verse. Uh, verse 6 of chapter 9 from the International Version, and it says simply this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now there's a backdrop to that Scripture. You can extract it and let it stand on its own, and it makes sense. Uh, give it away, and it'll come back to you. Give it away, it'll come back to you. The more you give away, the more it'll come back to you, right? That, I mean, that's sort of the invitation. Give it away, it'll come back to you. The more you give away, the more will come back to you. That, that's the invitation. So we say we refuse to use all of our resources on our, ourselves. We want to share generously from the resources that God has given us. The backdrop to this passage is found in the previous chapters where Paul is giving uh, accolades to the church in, in Corinth who has, in fact, given wonderfully, generously, beneficially to the Macedonian churches, chapter 8. He says, I want to encourage you because you have given generously to the churches of Macedonia in their very severe trial. This is uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. In their very severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So he's talking about the, the, the Macedonians. He says, I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, even entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with the privilege of sharing in his service to the Lord's people. So, so there's this notion, there's this notion as Paul is talking about sowing generously, he's saying to us that there's this place that we give and from which we give that understands who our true source is. Who our true source is. The true source, as we understand generosity, is not my bank account, your bank account, or our collective bank accounts put together. The true source is the one who gives all good gifts, the Father of lights, from whom everything that is good flows down to us. And it is the Father that we sang earlier about, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. You pour out your wonderful blessings and your love upon us. That's who you are. And so we lean into understanding that God is at work in us and through us, and our generosity is birthed and sustained as we better understand God's love and faithfulness. 
God's love and faithfulness. Kurt said it didn't look like that perhaps he could have been following Jesus for a couple of decades. I know it sure does look like that I could be following Jesus for a couple of decades. And I have been more than a couple, more than a couple, about 50 years now I've been following Jesus. That's five decades. Can I just tell you something? The older I get, the better I understand that God is faithful. God's faithful. He's faithful when I have plenty, and he's faithful when I have little, because he is faithful. And in his faithfulness, he invites me to rest. In his faithfulness, he invites me to lean in to him and what he will do and his resources. I've told this story before. I'll tell it again really quickly. I remember when I was a university student, um, long story short, um, I was on my own, paying my own way, and uh, I came to the end of the semester, and uh, we had just received notification in the mailbox that uh, actually the notification I had received was simply I was not going to be able to take finals because there was an outstanding bill on my account in the amount of almost $1,000. And, you know, if you've been a poor college student and you need to come up with $1,000 in less than two weeks, fat chance, right? I, I mean, yeah, so I get, I get this, I get this, I get this notification in my mailbox, and I am just heartbroken because I've been trying to work so hard and trying to pay my own way, and I'm I just trying to make it, and I, and I took that letter back to my dorm room, and when I got in my dorm room, I thought, oh, thank goodness my roommate isn't here. And the reason I thought that was simply because I just fell over on my bed and I began to cry. God, what am I going to do? God, I thought you sent me here. God, I thought you led me here. God, I thought you directed me. And look, look where you are now. Or better, where are you now? Look where you are now. I think you've abandoned me. But where are you now in the midst of my need? And I remember just laying there crying for about 45 minutes. And, and I actually cried myself to sleep for a good nap and I needed it. I wakened from my nap and I realized that I had a, a, an appointment. Uh, the, there was a banquet that evening for students uh, from the state of Oklahoma. I happened to be from Oklahoma and I was headed to the banquet and uh, so I arrived dutifully trying to wipe my face off and clean up and so I didn't look like I'd been crying all afternoon and and uh, I got to the banquet, and uh, I'd never been to one of these banquets before. And during the course of the banquet, we had a meal, and we had a guest speaker, and they were, you know, droning on about stuff, and I was getting bored. And then they said, and uh, tonight before we leave, we just want to distribute some scholarships to some deserving students. And so if we call your names, just stand up and come to the front. And I'm listening, and they, you know, they don't call them in alphabetical order. That would have put me in the front. But they put me near the end for some reason, and they called my name, and... Um, when I got to the end, they handed me an envelope, and when I opened the envelope, guess how much was in there? $1,000. $1,000. I went back to my room, and I fell down on my bed again, and I cried. Cried myself asleep, saying, God, you're so good. You're so faithful. You're so incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
God's the source of all our generosity. Generosity is birthed and sustained in God's love and faithfulness. And when we understand Him to be our true source and to be who He really is, His love and faithfulness positions us to be more generous than we've ever imagined in our lives. To be more generous than we've ever imagined in our lives. In reading through 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, one of the things I understand is simply this, is that generosity is not limited to your abundance and it's not absent in your lack. Generosity is not limited to your abundance. It's not absent in your lack. The churches in Macedonia gave out of not what they had, but they gave out of their own need because they understood the true source of their riches. And I know that I have regularly given out of an abundance, but I've, I've also been taught by the Lord to give in response to his invitation, and I've given out of lack. And true generosity understands that the source of our stuff is the Father who loves us, and we can give as he moves us to give, whether it's out of our abundance or whether it's in deep lack. And as you follow Jesus, you'll understand that we share from our resources, and we don't consume all of our resources upon ourselves. And so, just as a, as a couple of things here at the Vineyard, we've been doing for a really long time, uh, just to say, we don't, we don't consume all of our resources upon ourselves? Oh, yeah, we spend a lot of resources on, uh, on what we do inside the four walls, but we do lots of things beyond the four walls of the church. Let me just list a few. If you want this list, I can send it to you later. Uh, but uh, every, every month we send $500 to Homes with Hope, which is a, a, a child care agency, an adoption agency in the city of Houston that, uh, that we've been partners with for um, almost 20 years now. And uh, we send ministry money to uh, uh, Shadrick Bell, who's a campus minister at Texas State and University of Texas, San Antonio. Uh, we send uh, money to a ministry called Good News to the Poor. We send money to the Turkish Partnership. Remember I told you last week we planted churches internationally through the Turkish Partnership. We send money to the Texas-Mexico Border Partnership. We send money to the Hannings Vineyard Ireland Mission. We send money to Johnson Chapel, an urban church, uh, in, in, in downtown Houston for their care and for their good. And then 3% of our general giving goes to the AVC, Association of Vineyard Churches. Every month, 3% of our general giving goes to them, and it's for administrative costs and for ministry to go around the world, 3%. When you put all those things together, about every month we send 10% of our general income somewhere else to someone else for the sake of the kingdom. And we're asking God, what can we do more? But not just our money. We don't just send our money. We're actively engaged in uh, participating in RISE Mentoring. If you want to be a part of something really good here in the city of Pearland, uh, get involved in Pearland Independent School District's RISE Mentoring Program, teaching a student just spending time with them, mentoring them one hour a week. And uh, we've got some, some RISE mentors. I see them in the room. And uh, if you want to make a difference in a child's life, give your time, give your energy away. 
Uh, we have a human trafficking team that every other Saturday goes out and ministers to people who are potentially caught in the web of human trafficking, trying to bring them good news with the hope of helping them escape human trafficking. We have a partnership with Christian Helping Hands, the food pantry here in town. We have an incredible partnership with the City of Park, Parks and Recreation Department, the City of Pearland. Uh, Trick or Treat Trail is one of those expressions. Uh, we have uh, an opportunity to expand our ministry with Carlston Elementary, the school across the street uh, from us in the new building. And uh, we have coaching and, and leadership from our staff. Uh, on, people on our staff serve in different places, multiplied vineyard, uh, uh, area leaders leaders, area kid camps, there's all kinds of things. And then we dream about the future where God will help us not consume all of our resources on ourselves. And we dream about the property, the five acres there on Harkey Road. We dream of having a community garden. Community garden so that we grow produce there to distribute to those who are hungry and who are in need. We dream about... Uh, um, a, a walking trail and a kid's playground. If you haven't driven by the building, you'll notice that our, our building is sort of pushed to the back of the property and the parking lot is behind the building and there's this big open space out front and you say, well, why in the world did you design it that way? Most of the time, you know, you put the parking, parking lot out front and you get it ready and you put this big entrance and so you, you're ready to go and people can see where to park. We said, no, no, we really don't want to do that. We actually want to design a building that invites people from the community to come and participate. That's why we have a, a, a rather long driveway and the dream in that front portion of the property where there's no building but there's trees and hopefully a walking trail and a kid's playground and a community garden and uh, just dreaming really, really big. Uh, one day a splash pad. And just really dreaming big, a splash pad. And the reason it's out front because we want to be as clear as we can that this belongs to you. This isn't reserved for people from the church. It belongs to you, our community. It belongs to us. It belongs to them. It belongs to our community. We designed it on purpose to be inviting and including, to make sure we say clearly we're sharing our resources with others. We know that God's calling us to continue to be generous with the resources that he's given us. Quickly, since I've already taught about this earlier in the series, I'm just going to really hit it. Just, a, just a one little whack. We want to be a church that helps people find their place. Ephesians chapter 4 is an informative passage of Scripture that helps us understand God's call to us and God's call to his community. Talking about earlier in Ephesians 4, specific gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers who give themselves to building up a faithful community to do the works of the kingdom, to do the works of ministry. But as he continues on, he gets to verse 16. He says, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love and as each part does its work. As each part does its work. We want to help people find their place because we believe that a unified community of faith is better together than we are individually. 
See, the interesting thing about uh, Ephesians chapter 4 is Paul reminds us again, going back to who is our source, who, who provides us what we have need of. You see, it's a secondary reminder. God gives us everything we have, and then God shapes us and forms us into being people that he's called us to be. And so Paul says, there's this wonderful understanding that our empowering, our empowering life that aids and assists us in fulfilling God's purposes in our life are not self-oriented or in terms self-generated, but rather they're given to us from above. From Him, from Him whom? The Father, from, from the Spirit, from the Son, from Him, the whole body is joined together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. Empowering growth comes from above for each and every one of us. The interesting thing then is Paul's focus is growth individually, but then growth as a community so that together we help one another find our place of service and fulfillment. And what he says to us is he says that there's an incredible something that happens. It's called unity. It's called togetherness. And unity and togetherness, the Scripture says, is the place where God dwells among His people. And God, as God dwells among His people, His life, light, and His love shine through them for the sake of others. So that together we are held and supporting one another and we grow and we build ourselves up in love as each of us contributes in the way that we were designed. It's a beautiful thing for us to help one another find our place in the kingdom of God. Let me just say this and I'm done. We're going to pray. Some of you might be saying, well, Alan, you know, I really don't even know. I really don't even know how God's at work in my life. I don't even know if I have any spiritual gifts. I, I'm not quite sure that may, maybe I'm the one person that God left out. I want to say, no, 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 no. No, you're not left out. So, well, I'm not sure what spiritual gifts I have. Well, here's the best way to understand your spiritual gifts. Yes, you can take inventories, and yes, you can do all kinds of other things, but I would suggest to you that you find a faithful follower of Jesus who's your friend and just simply ask this question. What is it that I do well? What is it that brings life to me? What is it that brings light to me? What is it that, that I, you can see in me I'm energized by and encouraged by? And, and just let your friend speak to you. Just let your friend speak to you because your friends are often observing the operative gift of the Spirit within you because you're doing what you were made to do and you're energized by joy and life and love. And so just ask the question, what do you see me doing well? What do you see me doing well? What do you see me enjoying? And that will tip you in a right direction perhaps 
of exploring and experiencing a greater measure of God's love and a greater fulfillment of his purposes in and through your life.